Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. Um, I am aware that we are a few days late. We got, uh, we, you know, life happens, and uh, we got caught up with a bunch of stuff, but we're here now. So I, my name is Aaron Ava, as always, and I am joined by the Donatus Carroll. Donatus, how are we doing? Hey, Aaron, man, doing great, dude. I, uh, I'm sure you feel the same way, man, but glad we made it till Thursday. Uh, tomorrow is Friday, kicks off the weekend. Like you said, it's been a crazy week for both of us. So, uh, super excited, man, to be on this podcast with you, ready to break down the Super Bowl and get to it, man. How are you, brother? You survived a crazy week? Hey, I am here. I am alive. And it is actually, uh, low key my weekend now. I have, uh, I have a, a gaze test. I'm taking, for those who don't know what GACE is, it's a, a test that teachers have to take to get different certifications. So I have a test tomorrow, and so today I spent the rest of my day making sure my, my substitute was ready or my stuff was ready for my substitute. I feel like this has been the longest week of my life, <laughs> but <laughs> hence why we are now recording on a Thursday. And then, so if you listen to this, and it's still Thursday. Yes, we recorded it the same day I released it. That is my plan. Um, if it doesn't come out until tomorrow, act like I didn't just say that. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, today we are going to kind of give our take, debrief, uh, dissect, give hot takes of the uh, of the Super Bowl. Before we get started there, however, there's a few things I want to make sure that we go over. Uh, and by we go over, I just want to make, remind you, we have a Facebook page at Once Upon East 112. Feel free to go and like that, share that with people, um, interact with us. You know, if you have a different opinion from us or you think one of us is completely wrong, <coughs> Donatus, um, feel free to call him out yeah, on right. the <laughs> on the Facebook page or call me out for all my great takes about Baker Mayfield. I'll take that too. Um, but feel free to interact there. Uh, interact with either of us on social media. Um, if you want any of my hot takes on Twitter, it's at Coach Avera. I'm still looking at, you know, changing that name. Um, and also, Donna just pointed this out to me. And if you've been with us for a while now and you were with us when we broke down the uh, Black Friday coaching vacancies and we addressed which teams we thought were most appealing and who we thought would go there. If you walk down memory lane with us, I made a prediction or a uh, just haphazardly said that I thought that Carolina should sign Teddy Bridgewater and also that job's very appealing. And what did you send me? Well, I, I went back and saw what it was, but if you want to, since you're the one who sent it to me, Explain what you what you sent me a picture of and why this is relevant. Yeah, so uh, ESPN came out and did their 32 bold offseason moves for each NFL team. Um, just to be clear, these are not things that they think will happen, but things that they think should happen. So it's supposed to be a bold move. For the Carolina Panthers, it's said to sign – yeah, sign Teddy Bridgewater and cut Cam Newton. Now, that may seem like a bold prediction and a hot take, but the thing is our boy Aaron Avra 
was the first Mm -hmm. one to say when we're breaking down the coaching, uh, appealing coaching destinations. If you'll remember, I don't remember what episode it is, but you can go back. It's called uh, I'll Take Black Friday for, is it 1000 Alex or something like that? Go back and get a listen. You'll hear Aaron say just, again, like you said, haphazardly that the uh, Carolina Panthers should make a run at Teddy Bridgewater and sign him. So, ESPN is a little late to the party, but for those of you guys um, who listen to us, help us get the news out. Aaron Aver was the first one to say it. Don't let ESPN steal our hot takes. Uh, boycott them. Uh, <laughs> call for their heads. Anyways, let's make sure that Aaron gets the respect that he deserves because that was a very full take <laughs> that uh, that Aaron gave us about a month or so in advance. So. You heard it here yeah, first it, on what the Far it, East 112. Either they listen to us, which I doubt, or <laughs> someone is just really far behind, and I said it first, and I want my credit. So feel <laughs> free to at ESPN on anything, and then at either once upon East 112 or Aaron Aver, at Coach Aver, wherever you're doing it at, and let them know, I said it first. Me, Aaron Aver. Give the man his credit. Boom. All right. <laughs> Give me my due and make this podcast. Make them respect us as a podcast, um, even though I don't know if we respect ourselves. But that's good. We respect ourselves. But uh, but anyway, we wanted to make sure we, we saw that, or Donna saw that, and we thought that was, uh, that was funny seeing as I threw that out there with our Black Friday episode. But today, we have one person we're going to ignore the scores that we predicted from last week because we were both absurdly off. But one of us got the prediction right. One of us got the prediction wrong. Um, as we know by now, and if you don't know, spoiler alert, the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, are Super Bowl champs. Pat Mahomes ended up winning the MVP, as I predicted. Um, as I, Aaron Avra, predicted. Um, but it wasn't easy for them. I, we, we, we watched the game, um, as you probably also watched the game. And the Chiefs, for a majority of the game, did not at all, in my opinion, look like the Chiefs that we were used to. They look like the Chiefs from this playoff run, uh, where they start out sloppy uh, and terrible, and they didn't really fall behind big initially like they did against the Titans and the Texans. Uh, they did eventually go down by 10. But they, they came out, and it looked like Andy Reid was about to deliver yet another disappointment of getting to a big game and getting bounced either early or in this situation at the Super Bowl. Um, is what, what are some overall takeaways that, that you took or overall, like, surprises, uh, things that made you think differently, anything? Yeah, um, I think I was surprised at how well both defenses played. You know, we both said that we thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, I said I, 41-34. I don't remember your score, but I think – I predicted, like – I mean, it was like 48-45. to 45. It was some astronomical yeah. number that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, surprised at how well both defenses played. Um, I was surprised that the Chiefs didn't go, well, which they, they did this, uh, they did this a couple of times, but I'm surprised they didn't, um, 
run a, a deep route on Richard Sherman more times. I know uh, Sammy Watkins got him one time, and Tyreek Hill, I think, got him one time as well. Um, so surprised at surprised that the Chiefs can take more advantage of that. Um, surprised at how me I don't know if mediocre is or but I guess how average Patrick Mahomes played and looked. Um, you know, he was the he was the uh the MVP of the Super Bowl, but what ties into my other surprise was I think you can make the case that Damian Williams should have been named the uh Super Bowl MVP. He rushed for a hundred yards, surprised with how well he played. Um he's kind of been off and on this season. Um I know from a fantasy standpoint, both of us had him at um at one point and uh he was just he just never really um never really took that step. So Surprised that he played that well. Um, surprised that the Forty ers didn't run the ball as much, man. They uh, they ran the ball twenty two times for see a hundred and forty two yards. Um, coming off a, a game where against the Packers they ran the ball forty two times for two hundred and twenty yards. Um, so surprised that they didn't run the ball more. Than they probably should have. Um, so yeah, those were just a few of my few of my surprises. What were some of yours? Uh, yeah, I guess mine starts out similar with yours and how mediocre like Pat Mahomes started. Um, he caught on late. You know, they they end up going on that twenty one point run um, to, to end up winning the Super Bowl by double digits, as they've done several times in the playoffs this um, right this season. But he started out like he he did not look good at all. He threw two picks. Like one of the picks was straight to one of the defenders. I don't remember who picked it off, but it was it was straight to a defender as if he intended to throw him the ball. Um, and each time he threw a pick, I remember almost like losing my mind. Like Pat Mahomes just threw another pick. Like they they made him look average. I think what we saw. However, was Andy Reid did I think did a better job coaching over the course of the game. Um, he adapted his gameplay a little bit. He, they they started to scramble a little more with Patrick Mahomes. The defense got a little the the Forty ers defense got a little off kilter when they started scrambling more instead of them trying to throw from the pocket. Um, the Forty ers what surprised me and, and same with you. Um, they didn't run it near as many times as I expected to. They won the championship game off of almost solely running it. And then the game before, uh, when they beat, um, who did they beat the game before? Vikings. I don't even remember. Vikings, there it is. The Vikings, like, it was almost split like 50-50 run pass. So the fact that I was surprised with how many times Jimmy G threw the ball. Yeah. And my main surprise there was, you know, he threw it eight times in the championship game and like 11 or 15 or something times in the game before that. Um, so they weren't really relying on him much. And so the fact that they, they tried to utilize his pass game a little more surprised me. And, and I thought down the stretch during crucial times, when, in my opinion, um, 
they should have been, I think, my opinion, they should have been running the ball more to kill the clock. Like there was that one drive where there were six minutes left. They run it for five yards, and then they throw it twice, uh, both incomplete, one batted down and one incomplete, um, to really only take maybe 50 seconds off the clock, giving the ball back to Pat Mahomes with a lot of time and not as many points now to, to catch up with. Um, so I was I was really surprised by that. I, I've gone back and forth, though, thinking how much of this is Shanahan's fault, like the Atlanta game, and how much of this is um, they went up against the best team they've played yet in the playoffs. And they are really – through the playoffs, have been a one-dimensional team because I, I'm back on team. I don't know if I trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, like there was there was that one pass to um, Emmanuel Sanders where he got behind the yeah. defense, was wide open, and Jimmy G showed off his arm, but he missed yeah. drastically. Like that that would have sealed the game yeah. if Jimmy G connects on that. And I think most elite quarterbacks connect on that, and that's where it almost shows off, in my opinion, his um, his unreliability. Um, right. But then also the the defense, when Pat Mahomes started moving, the defense got worn down. Um, I didn't see. I, I like Salah, the defense coordinator, a lot. You, you you saw the defense continue to play the same way, get really worn down. And then you saw the DBs getting burned. It's almost like the Chiefs adapted and the 49ers did. Um, yeah. the 49ers just kept trying to send dogs after you and Andy Reid and Benini, uh, I, I don't have to say his last name. I'm going to keep saying Benini, Benini, Benini and trying not to say it. <laughs> um, it's like they sat back and they were like, okay, our normal game plans aren't working. How can we win this game? And so they just adapted. They did what they could with all their talent. Um, I agree. Damian Williams was a stud. I, though, agree with the – I controversially agree with Pat Mahomes being the MVP because Damian Williams was very good throughout the entire game, like very consistent throughout the entire game. And, and I, I can't really steal this take. I, I, who, the person that sold me on this was – I think Mike Golding Jr. on the Mina Kime show, and this is where I heard from him, and then it sealed my – nope, I agree with you, is that Damian Williams was solid throughout the whole game, and they were still losing. But when Pat Mahomes turned it on, that's when they took over, and that's what changed the game. Yeah. Like, if, if Damian Williams kept that same speed, they weren't uh, – he was going to have to even elevate it further to win the game, whereas Pat Mahomes finally turns it on, and that's where you see – the difference maker in the Chiefs versus the 49ers. Um, what do you think? I, I know you've mentioned Damian Williams. I, I guess that's my that, – I, I heard that from Mike Gulley Jr. I love me some – me and kind of Mike Gulley Jr. And I was like, you know what? I agree 100% with you. I can get on board with that, that debate. And it just made logical sense to me that once Pat Mahomes turned it on, it was over and no one was going to stop him, and that's what MVPs do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, um, that's a, it's a very interesting point. I mean, I think it, it depends on one of those, it depends on how you view the MVP. Um, cause if you view MVP from a statistic standpoint, 
then I think you would give it to Damian Williams because yeah. Patrick Mahomes' stats weren't that amazing. But to your point and to Mike Gola Jr.'s point, um, if you view MVP as the person who completely changes the game um, and the person who the team could not have won without, um, then I think it, it, it's Patrick Mahomes, no doubt. Um, so that is a good point. That does kind of push me more to the Patrick Mahomes side. Because um, you're right, Patrick Mahomes, man, just kind of – he came in and with about six to seven minutes left, um, just kind of said, it's my time. He solidified himself as the face of the um, NFL. And um, he just turned it on, man. You know, Tyreek Hill came out and said that, I think, I don't remember how much time was left, but Patrick Mahomes said, hey, man, came up to him and said, hey, man, get your head in the game. We're going to come back and win this game. And Tyreek Hill <laughs> said that he was even like, dude, we're down by 10 points. And and, Ty- and uh, Patrick Mahomes was like, yeah, man, but we're still in it. We're going to come back and win this game. And, and that's what you're looking for from the from your franchise quarterback, from the face of the NFL, um, from your Super Bowl MVPs. You're looking for a guy who's going to rally his team. And it just speaks to Patrick Mahomes that people love to play for him. Like, you saw yeah. it with the Texans in the first playoff game. You saw it with the Titans in the second playoff game. You saw it with this one. Patrick Mahomes just has that ability that um, not too many athletes have. He kind of, and I'm not, I'm not comparing Patrick Mahomes to Kobe Bryant or anything like that. But the same thing that Kobe Bryant had and Michael Jordan, um, Patrick Mahomes has that thing that's inside of him that, like, when it's time to go, man, he knows it's time to go. And he's going to rally everybody, and he's just going to go out and assassinate people. Um, and that's exactly what he did Sunday night, which which proved why he's the best player in the NFL um, and, and probably going to be the best player in the NFL for the next 5 to 10 to 15 years. Um, so yeah, so your point, that's a really good point. I think, I think when you look at it that way, then I agree with the Patrick Mahomes over, um, Damian Williams for, for Super Bowl MVP. Um, Damian to Williams me, definitely had a heck of a game too. So. Oh, he had a great game. Um, to, but yeah, to me, my MVP is someone who the team can't do it without you. Like, Lamar had all the crazy stats this year. Um, and so from right. a stat standpoint, his stats would preach MVP. But I also look at it from a team standpoint, like, I don't think the Ravens are 14-2 and two without Lamar. Like, right. if, you, if you still had Joe Flacco in that situation with the exact same team, yeah. that team is like 8-8, eight and eight, uh, 7-9, not sitting with the one seed. Now, we know, you know, he still has a little playoff curse going. He's had two bad playoffs. But – that's why I could stand and say Lamar deserves the MVP because his team is not where they're sitting if he's not playing. Um, and so the same thing with the Super Bowl, that the team does not end up winning if it's not Pat Mahomes with that, uh, that was a good way to put it, not necessarily experiencing Kobe, but he has that killer, that, that killer instinct that when it's time to show yeah. up, he's going to show up and he's going to take you out and, uh, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it because teams yeah. have yet to be able to do anything about it. Um, so you think, you you would say like that it's unanimous here that he's obviously the best quarterback in the NFL, right? Yeah, I yeah, I, I think hands down. I think that's non-debatable. I think uh, without a doubt, best QB in the NFL, Pat Mahomes. Um, now, do you think now this this takes us off track a little bit? 
but do you think what what do you think the chances are of the Chiefs being able to return next year? So I think you know it it kind of depends on what happens in the off season. The thing about the Kansas City Chiefs is they're super young, and everybody, as far as I know, most most of their star players or their key pieces are pretty affordable. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins had talked about taking a season off, um, you know, if they want it all. But, you know, to me, Sammy Watkins, <clears throat> excuse me, hasn't really done too much. I don't feel like he really made that big of a difference, um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's been a huge disappointment, um, and, and a borderline bust since being the number four pick. Um, I don't remember what draft, but, uh, he's been in the late, I think he's like 29, so he's been late for six to seven years. Um, but you know, like, I didn't even realize, I, I didn't even remember until Monday, um, that Sammy Watkins had been the number four pick in the, in the NFL draft. So, um, you know, but Tyreek Hill is, I think he's like 25 and he's, he's up for a new contract. Travis Kelsey's like maybe 30 something years old, but he's still in the prime of his career. Um, you've got, you've got Patrick Mahomes. You've seen that Damien Williams can show up. That defense came along. They'll have a second year play, another year playing together. Um, Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew, um, and some of those other boys for, for the, their defense played really well. So, you know, I think according to Vegas, the, the Chiefs have a really good chance of, of returning. And I think going into the NFL season, this is obviously before the off season, before people switch places and we have the draft. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs have to have really, have to feel really good about, um, repeating as the, um, defending Super Bowl champions. Um, you take a look at their division. Their division is kind of in limbo. You don't know what's going to happen with the Chargers and Phillip Rivers. It looks like he may leave. Um, the Broncos, they don't have a promising quarterback. Um, you know, Drew Locke shows flashes, and I, I'm personally high on Drew Locke, but, you know, he's still got a, a – this will be his second year. This upcoming season will be his second year. He still has a lot to prove that that team um, – I'm starting to lose a lot of faith in John Elway from a front office standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, just a sidetrack, you see somebody like John Lynch, um, come in and lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl in, I think, his third, maybe fourth year. I want to say him and Shanahan came in at the same time. So yeah, three or four years. Yeah. And so John Lynch, John Lynch led the 49ers to their, to the Super Bowl within his third or fourth year. Um, John Elway's been with the Broncos for, I think, five or so years. Um, so, you know, and then you don't know what's going to happen with the Oakland Raiders. So it's kind of looking like the AFC West is starting to become a little bit like the AFC East, where, like, so many times, for so many years, like, the reason that the Patriots were so successful is because they didn't play anybody. They were promised a one or two seed. Um, so, you know, the Chiefs, if if they can land a one or two seed, um, you know, they have two playoff games, which we've seen, even if you fall down big at Arrowhead, that place stays rocking, and it's super hard to win a playoff game um, in Arrowhead. So, you know, you win two playoff games, you're right back in the Super Bowl. If you look at it, you can make the argument that the Chiefs should should be um, back-to-back defending Super Bowl champions because last year the only thing that cost them was um, Dude Buddy jumping offside. Um, that, you know, Brady Before, yeah, they turned around and traded him. <laughs> yep. And, um, 
And I think he ended up going to the 49ers, I think, or something like that. But, you know, I mean, you, you can make the argument that um, they should have made the Super Bowl last year, and given how the Rams performed, the Chiefs probably would have won the Super Bowl last year. Um, so I think I think they've got a really good chance at at, um, at repeating. I'm not going to say that they will be the ones. I'm sure. Excuse me, yeah, man. When we get uh, when we get closer to the season uh, next off season, I'm sure we'll we'll do like Super Bowl picks or whatever. But they gotta like their chances. I think the only thing that would that would maybe throw a, a wrench in things is if for whatever reason Andy Reid decides to retire, um, which I think the enemy or or whatever his name is, um, I would imagine he would be the next person to step into that that spot. So they wouldn't miss a beat um at all. And their GM has shown that he's pretty aggressive and he knows what he knows um he knows how to sign people and, and trade and will and deal and stuff like that. So I I like the Chiefs chances a lot, man. Um what are your thoughts? Do you do you like them to repeat or do you think um somebody else could challenge them? I think mm, you have a good take there that I do think that they have a solid chance to, to repeat because, once again, you know, they still have all the pieces. All the pieces are young. Uh, shoot, we could be, if not that offsides, we could be looking at a three-peat. Um, yeah. But um, I think that the 49ers have a better shot, in my opinion, of making yeah. it back to the Super Bowl because all of these up-and-coming stud quarterbacks mm-hmm. are all in the AFC. So even though Pat Mahomes is, without a doubt, the best quarterback in the NFL, all of the highly touted uh, young QBs are also in the AFC hungry to win the AFC. Um, yeah. So it's, so it's it's almost going to be like I feel like when we had those years where it was Peyton or Roethlisberger or Brady was going to be in the Super Bowl. Except for now, you have Lamar, you have Deshaun Watson, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have and I'm going to keep throwing his name out there because I believe in him. You have <laughs> the potential of Baker. We'll see what Stefanski does, um, and we'll we'll talk about my, how I feel that those coaches will elevate Baker when we talk about all the teams next week. But I think with all of these young, promising quarterbacks, like mm-hmm. actually promising quarterbacks, and they're all sitting in the AFC, that it's going to be an absolute brawl to try and get to the Super Bowl. Whereas I think where the 49ers are um, – you don't really have that level of quarterback competition. Uh, Good point. The 49ers got there off of running and defense. Um, they, shoot, they whooped Aaron Rodgers. He's supposed to be the best in the NFC or one of the best in the NFC. you got Russ, um, who, depending on their defense, because they've blown a ton of leads. Um, yeah. um, I, I don't think it's as tough of a road to the Super Bowl on the NFC side as it is in the coming years on the AFC side. I think the AFC is yeah. going to be an absolute um, uh, prison yard <laughs> when it comes to trying to get to the Super Bowl. And that's the only thing – because, like, we've had two years – or teams have two years of film 
on Pat Mahomes. If not, they're going to watch this film and learn him, like I'm afraid they're going to do with Lamar again, or this yeah. coming year. We'll see with Lamar. Like, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes, and he's just that good. Um, right. I just think with all these other stellar quarterbacks, that it's going to be harder to repeat as the AFC champion uh, when there's a much harder road to go through, not necessarily within their division, but just within the conference in general. Um, all that to say, I would not be surprised if we're sitting here again next year and the Chiefs have won another Super Bowl. Like, they're that good of a team. Um, yeah. But but all it takes with, you know, a uh, it's not like it's baseball and basketball where you get a series. You get one game, and when you blow that one game, you're out uh, right. in the playoffs. So all it takes is one team to play, or one of these quarterbacks to play slightly better than Pat Mahomes, and yes, it's just Pat Mahomes because you have to continue to outplay Pat Mahomes to beat Pat Mahomes uh, nowadays. But um, that's my only holdback is there's too many young, solid AFC teams to combat with the Chiefs. Um, So, yeah, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't know if I would put them in there yet. And once again, like you said, after all the offseason happens, after all, you know, the buildup happens, we'll probably make our predictions on maybe who will be in the playoffs. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to do that because that would be a good conversation point on who we think will be in the playoffs uh, and then who we think will win it all. And um, so we'll see when when the playoffs are all said and done. Um, right, we spent a ton of time with the Chiefs. What are some of our takes on the 49ers? Like, what is your what is your thoughts of? Let, let's start with Shanahan. Shanahan's getting a lot of blame. Um, how are you feeling towards Shanahan today? I know you're you're a hurt Falcons fan who may be one of the few that were, even though you chose the 49ers. Maybe I, I saw some Falcons fans were like, good. Another team blew it with him. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> How are you feeling about it? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I gotta admit that I was um, I was one of those one of those Falcon fans that I w- while I was pulling for the Forty ers I was I was kind of glad that they blew a lead because it it showed that it was in fact Kyle Shanahan that um, helped the Falcons blow a twenty eight to three lead. Um, but you know. I'm a I'm a huge Kyle Shanahan fan, and like we said last week, I'm even more of a fan of him now, knowing that he went to the University of Texas, hook him horns. Um, so I've I've gone back and forth, man. Just to be honest with you, between who's more to blame, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyle Shanahan, um, and I knew that this topic was going to co- probably come up on the podcast, so I was thinking about it before we got on. And I think where I am currently right now, this could probably change in five minutes or after you give your your position on it, is I think it's a 50-50 split, um, Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. And the reason I say that is I have to think, you know, like, let's say for whatever reason that Kyle Shanahan would have had Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I, I don't think that they would have blown that lead that they blew. Um, and I say that. I think that you could plug really any other quarter – I mean, a lot, not any other, but a lot of quarterbacks. You know, like 
Jimmy Garoppolo showed us that he's not a top that he is a, that he's a top twenty quarterback, and and I don't know that I would place him any higher than that. Um, and that's just not that's just without really having the opportunity to sit down and think of you know how many qu- quarterbacks. But I know for sure he's not a top ten, and 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 he's definitely he's probably not a top fifteen quarterback. But I mean, like you said earlier, man, that. That pass that he missed to Emmanuel Sanders, man, he missed Emmanuel Sanders by five yards. Um, and you you look at the majority of of quarterbacks in the NFL, like take take somebody like Ryan Tannehill, man. I, Ryan Tannehill would have hit that pass, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's not even talking about people who are great at deep ball passes like Baker Mayfield and quarterbacks like that. Um, you know, so some stuff like that, like you just can't afford to to miss passes like that. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo at one point, I think was like 19 for 21. Um, and you know, I was, I was excited because it looked like he was going to make an MVP push had they won. Um, he finished 20 of 31. So, you know, he went one at, he went a one for 11, um, within those last few minutes of the Super Bowl. Um, but there was just not too many – there wasn't too many plays that he made um, that that wowed you with his arm or with how he played the game. And in complete contrast to Patrick Mahomes, like even with Jimmy Garoppolo, you never really felt like the 49 – like Jimmy Garoppolo was going to take over that game. Um, he missed George Kittle, who was wide open two or three times. Um, you know, that, that fourth and um, – fourth and ten – um, where, you know, Garoppolo just kind of like tried to throw the ball with two hands. I don't really know what he was doing. <laughs> um, you know, there was just a bunch of plays that you saw from Jimmy Garoppolo that, that made you realize like that meme that you sent me with, uh, with Belichick sipping on, um, I don't remember what it was, but saying, now do you see why I traded Jimmy Garoppolo for a 30? What was it for like a second round pick and a bag of Doritos or something yeah. like that? And it's, <laughs> yep. um, you know, it's, if that was exactly that's the meme to sum up what I think the majority of us were thinking was like, yeah, you know, now we see why um, Bill Belichick just gave up a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, um, because Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he just he's he's not that dude, and and I think it's it's more of a in a in the way that he's made up than it is like lack of talent. Like I think he's talented enough to be a top fifteen quarterback. But how Patrick Mahomes just has that thing inside of him that says like it's time to go and it's it's time to like go kill people like Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have that thing in him that says like it's time for me to take over this game. Um, so that's the that's all the blame that I placed on Jimmy Garoppolo. But on the other side, you have Kyle Shanahan, who, like you said and like we alluded to earlier. Um, they ran the ball for they they only ran the ball twenty two times um for a hundred and forty two yards coming off a game where they ran the ball forty two times so you know I heard a bunch of different analysts saying this like the one thing that got the the forty ers to the super Bowl was them running the get was them running the ball and playing really good defense. And for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan abandoned the run once they got to the Super Bowl. Um, Mostert only ran the ball 12 times. He ran it for 58 yards, which, you know, is about four and a half, 4.8 yards of carry, which is really good. 
Um, the Chiefs had like the 26th ranked rush defense. The 49ers, I feel like, were really successful when they did reverses to Debo Samuel early on in the game. Um, but for whatever reason, like Kyle Shanahan just stopped running the ball. I don't know if he just wanted to. Um, I don't know if it was one of the situations where, you know, if you remember the Seahawks a few years back when um, Pete Carroll handed the ball off to uh, or refused, decided to throw the ball from the one-yard line instead of handing it off to Marshawn Lynch, who Marshawn Lynch was having a beast of a game that, that game. Um, for whatever reason, Pete Carroll decided to throw the ball instead of running the ball. And a lot of people came out and said that uh, Pete Carroll was trying to make Russell Wilson, like, the hero, the, the MVP of the game. And I, I kind of wonder if it wasn't the same thing with Kyle Shanahan, is if he's heard a bunch of people talking about Jimmy Garoppolo not being a good quarterback and not being that guy. And so Kyle Shanahan wanted to say, you know, like, this is the guy that I went out and got. I want to prove to you guys that he can play in the big moments. And so he decided to, like, keep throwing the ball with Jimmy Garoppolo. But – you know, there's just there's no excuse to give up 21 points within six minutes, um, and I, I understand that part of that falls on the defense. But you gotta understand from the defensive side, like you your offense is not helping you out. You know, like you're out there, you're playing a high pace, high high powered um, offense. You get to rest for maybe like four plays, and then it's time to go back on the field again. So that's just really deflating to defense. Um, so, you know, Kyle Shanahan, it's just too many similarities um, with him, with the Falcons blowing the lead a few years back in this game as well, um, to where I think you, you have to definitely give Kyle Shanahan some of the blame. Because, again, all he had to do this game was run the ball. Um, and he, he refused to, to do the thing that got them there. So I think it's a 50-50 split. Um, I don't know that I lean one way more than the other, but I definitely think those are the two people to place the blame on. I think that we learned that Jimmy Garoppolo is not, not, uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo is maybe a top 20 quarterback. And I think we learned that Kyle Shanahan, for whatever reason, doesn't want to run the ball whenever he's up. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, what do you think? Who would you place the blame more on? Uh, Shanahan or Garoppolo or somebody else? So first off, I do agree with you that if Matt Ryan was on this team or like that, that would, that he would not have blown that lead again because right. they, they would have been set. I, I think any other, not any, once again, like you, not any other quarterback, <laughs> but like not the Jimmy Dalton, Jimmy Dalton, the Jimmy G's and the Andy Dalton's of the world, but like a little more elevated quarterbacks. I don't think that you, um, you would blow that lead again with yeah. Matt Ryan. I've the more I've thought about it, uh, the less blame I put on Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Um, I, I do think they passed it way more than uh, than I than everyone thought they would. And they ran far less than everyone thought they would. Um, in fact, Tennessee did the exact same thing against the Chiefs. I think that everyone going in against the Chiefs and, and how Kyle Shanahan is, is a brilliant mind is he's trying to play a chess game with you. And in his chess game, he knows that you are actively, go, especially with a team as good as the Chiefs, because he hasn't 
the, the two teams they played, neither one of those are, are even close to as good as what the Chiefs are, right? Right. So for him, he knows that in order to beat this team, he can't run the ball a lot like you could with the Packers. Like it, it wasn't going to work the same way. So I think he was trying to force a lot of the passing to happen, so therefore it, it continued to have the playbook wide open. Because if you if if you don't establish that you can pass, and, and so therefore they tried to I think do early with Jimmy G. Um, if the Chiefs stack the box and you force Jimmy G to pass, and he hasn't been doing that at all. Um, I think you win this game, which is almost, I feel like, what, what may have happened. Um, that, that I, I think Kyle Shanahan worked to keep a whole playbook open because they knew that they were going to need their entire playbook to beat the Chiefs, whereas you only needed the running plays to beat the Packers. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, like, I, I, I think point, he yeah. fell back a lot on the pass so that he didn't limit his team to one dimension. Um, because the Chiefs, I mean, they're the ones that, that stuffed, um, Derrick Henry in the beginning yeah. of the Titans game when no one else could. And then the whole Titans team was like, even when they were up, nope, we need Tannehill to throw the ball because they're just going to continue to shut down Derrick Henry. Um, and I think, I do think that Kyle Shanahan keyed in on that because no one was stopping Derrick Henry, just like no one was stopping the 49ers, uh, run game. And I think during game prep, he keyed in on that aspect and was like, no, 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 we need to make sure we pass the ball so that we have all of our plays to work with, so that we can do the play action passing at work, so that we can continue to, to use multiple formations. Um, which then, because of that, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot, a lot of blame, in my opinion, falls on Jimmy G. Uh, especially yeah. in the later moments of the game. Like you mentioned, he went one for like 11 on the rest of the game. If he would have just kept up an average consistency of, of completion, mm-hmm. they would have won the game. But the fact mm-hmm. that he went down the stretch and couldn't complete a pass to save his life, uh, he, he missed Buddy by five miles, in my opinion. <laughs> um, like, that was a lockdown moment. And then I, I know I, I'm going to put a little bit of the blame on defense, because down the stretch, even before the offense gave the ball up a lot early, is the DBs were getting roasted by these yeah. receivers. Like, to the fact that, say, I think it was Sammy Watkins turned on the burners, burned Richard Sherman, of all people, and yeah. ended up, like, way behind him. I mean, th- and this was before the uh, – the the complete comeback, I think it was maybe like their first score of the twenty one points is when Sammy Watkins got behind them. And they, they the DBs were getting burnt. The defensive line wasn't getting pressure like it was before because Pat Mahomes was moving. Um I think between Jimmy G and not being able to to rely on him, especially down the stretch, because he was okay early. Uh but down yeah. the stretch and the defense just getting roasted at the end. Um, now, with the last few scores, that's when you saw the offense really going three and out and giving the ball away because Jimmy G couldn't complete anything. I do feel like they should have still ran a little more than they did. 
But I, I think that Kyle Shanahan was trying really hard not to make them one-dimensional because he knew that if, if they were one-dimensional, there was no way they were going to beat the Chiefs. And down the stretch, they became one-dimensional. Um, they didn't run as much as, as we thought they should have, but the only thing that had any form of any kind of success was the run game. And by any form of success, I mean like a two-yard run was successful <laughs> compared to an incomplete pass. So right. I, I think it's I, – I, I've laid off of Kyle Shanahan since. I have yeah. – I've looked at it, and I'm like, you know what? This team, unlike the Falcons, did him no favors in trying to help them stay ahead. Um, right. Like, Jim, like he, when they asked him about how he thought Jimmy G played, his words were, he did okay. And in my opinion, that was, I don't want to throw my starting quarterback under the bus, so I'm going to say he right. did okay. Because uh, we, we all witnessed that Jimmy G did not play well and was not good down the stretch. And it, it, it hurt the Niners down the stretch so that the, uh, the, the Chiefs ended up, you know, scoring that 21 in a row. Um, but that's my opinion. I, I've, I've now taken like zero. I, if, if I put any blame on Kyle Shanahan, if maybe 5%, maybe he could have ran it a little more. But I, I think he knew that he could not beat the Chiefs the way he beat the Packers. And the only way to do that was to start the game um, with a 50-50 offense instead of starting it run heavy. And then once they stuff that, now you have to all of a sudden get your pass game going, which would be really hard to do. And so if you just go ahead and start 50-50 and you have the success like they had in the beginning of the – like we're giving them a hard time about not running a lot, but they were having a lot of success early in the game running and passing. Yeah. It's just one of those two things fell off, and it was really hard to catch up after that. Um, all that to say, Shanahan gets like 5% blame just because, I mean, you lost the game. The head coach, who also calls the plays, I guess you have to take some of it. Like, that's a part of your job. Um, so I'm going to give him 5%. I'm going to give Jimmy G like – 60%, and then, what's that, 35% left? The rest of that can go to the, the Richard Sherman for getting burned. Um, yeah. well, so, let, me, specific, let me ask you this. Specifically, Richard Sherman. Um, because I think, you know, we, we agree that um, the 49ers have a really good chance at, at making the Super Bowl run again next year. Do you think, this is, I guess, a two-sided question, one, do you think that the 49ers can ever win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback? And two, do you think that they should move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, whether that means to try and trade him? Um, well, they would have to trade him. It wouldn't make sense to release him. But do you think that they can ever win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback? Um, and if so or if not, do you think that they should move on from Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so this is what I like, our conversations that turn into good questions. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes, they can win one with Jimmy Garoppolo. I am okay. not going to, I'm not going to say they can win multiple with Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo, but okay, I do think they can steal one. Um, 
and here the only reason I'm, I'm this is where I'm giving him a benefit of the doubt. Two years ago, he was out all year with a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. This was virtually his his one full year mm-hmm. with Shanahan and his offense. Um, yeah, like it like it worked throughout the season. Yeah. Um, now they they don't play Kansas City Chiefs every week, um, but they do play the Seattle's. They do play the Rams. They do play some solid teams who they murdered. Um, the Chiefs were also a really hot team down the stretch. Like, yeah. you had you had one team that was blowing teams out, but they were playing weak. In my opinion, once again, this is this is where I think it's going to be harder for the Chiefs to get in. I think the 49ers played significantly weaker teams than the Chiefs had to play, and the Chiefs yeah. came back on both of those. So doing it again in the Super Bowl, I think, was nothing. But I right. think with another full off season and full season with Kyle Shanahan, if they can um, – shoot, I was going to say get him more weapons, but he has good weapons. He has Kittle. Devo Samuel was a good draft pick. Um Emmanuel Sanders is pretty good. Of course, Emmanuel Sanders entered in like a third or a fourth of the way into the season. I think give him another year or two with Shanahan, and I think he will win them one. Okay. I don't think they win. It's not like the Chiefs where I think the Chiefs, where I think Mahomes could easily end up retiring with three to four rings to his name. Um, I think Jimmy G can get one with the 49ers, and that's about it. I don't think they move on from him, though there are, there are teams that are really looking for a quarterback. They – remember, he, he was there, um, and, like, upon receiving him, they made him, like, one of the top five paid quarterbacks in the league. So, like, mm-hmm. his, his contract is atrocious compared yeah. to his performance. So, like, yeah. it wouldn't make sense for a team to – um, obliterate all cap space yeah. if you can potentially sign or draft one that is going to be cheaper and potentially be just as good or better. Like in the That's scenario of Cincinnati, point. like you can get Joe Burrow for a lot cheaper and there's a good chance that he is either as good or better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Um, so it would, it, it wouldn't make sense for another team to take on that contract unless San Fran ate a whole bunch of it and said, we'll pay for most of this contract if you take them off our hands. Kind of like we did stupidly with Brock Osweiler. We paid for, like, <laughs> a lot of his contract. I don't know why we didn't just leave that to the Texans. But that's how they were able to – stupid. That was the whole how they got to shine. It was whatever. But, um, but I do think he can win one. Uh, now, if he is just as unproductive next season, after now two years with Kyle Shanahan, then I, I will change my answer to no. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt of tearing an ACL two years ago um, and the fact that he was able to lead them from 4-12 and 12 to 13-3 and three this year um, gives me hope that he will win what – and I, I don't really want him to win with the 49ers because if he wins one with the 49ers, that means the Browns can't win it. But anyway, I do think he gets one with the 49ers. What do you think? Yeah, that's you, you know you. I think you swayed me. Um, cause the reason I was asking the question was because I was kind of leaning towards the direction of no, that I didn't think that he could win one. 
Um, and I was thinking before you brought up the, the you brought up a really great point about you know there's not going to be a team that was willing to, that would be willing to take on this contract. Um, I was thinking you know if you're John Lynch, you try to call the Cincinnati Bengals and say we'll give you Jimmy Garoppolo and you know two or three um, first round picks. Maybe uh, three is a lot, but maybe two first round picks. Um, <laughs> And you go and get Joe Burrow because I think Kyle Shanahan and Joe Burrow, I think with Joe Burrow on that 49ers team, I think they, uh, this is probably maybe too, uh, too big of a take, but I, I, I think the 49ers could, could win the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow in his rookie season. Um, just because of the pieces that are around him. And I have a lot of faith in Joe Burrow. Um, so Joe Burrow, please don't become a bust because I'm going to look like an <laughs> idiot if Joe Burrow ends up being a bust. But you you bring up a really good point about the Bengals or anybody wouldn't be willing to take on that contract. Um, and and as much as Jimmy Garoppolo is not that great of a quarterback, um, I don't know that you're going to find too many other quarterbacks that are um, that are better than him. And to your point, any other quarterback that you that you bring in is going to have to learn the system from Kyle Shanahan. Um, unless you go and you find somebody, you know, who kind of knows Shanahan's system. So, um, yeah, I asked the question because I was going to say that they should trade him because I didn't think that they could win one. But you swayed me with your um, <laughs> with your with your take that they, I, I think I think by the time it's all said and done with his career. Um, I think you give him one more off season um, with Kyle Shanahan, another season um, to kind of get used to everything. Um, I think Garoppolo will will learn a lot from this loss um, in the Super Bowl, and I think he'll he'll learn to kind of play within his limits. I think Jimmy Garoppolo thinks that he's a lot better than he really is. Um, yeah. and so I think that's why he tries to outplay his limit. So I think he's going to learn from this game that he just needs to play within himself. Um, so yeah, I think, I think by the time it's all said and I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a chance to win a Super Bowl with the 49ers. Um, but if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet too much on it, like probably $5 or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my I, I do agree with your your unrealistic take of Joe Burrow, though. I, I, I also now it, it would be foolish for Cincinnati to do it. That's why it's unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in this scenario where Cincinnati is dumb enough to make that trade, yeah, I all I I think I would <laughs> I would agree that I now. We're both going to sound ignorant now. Just let me. Never mind. That's a stupid take. Joe Burrow is going to be a rookie. There's no way he could do it. I don't care. I don't care who. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care who's coaching that team. There's no way that Joe Burrow, the rookie, he has to. He has to. He has to be traded from one team first in order to win it all, though. You can't do it with the original team because that's what he did in college yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, I'm not going to jump on Never mind. I'm not jumping on that grenade with you. I'm going to let you live uh-huh. on that. I'm not, I'm not editing that out at all. Let, let, let the record show that Donatus believes that Joe Burrow, who has never taken a snap in the NFL, would win a Super Bowl with the 49ers 
and Jimmy Garoppolo, who sat under Tom Brady and has been in the NFL for a minute, couldn't. That's a hot take right there. Only Donatus believes in that take. Not me. Only Donatus. That was an easy play, though, because I do believe. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was say that was an easy sway because I, I, I was going to lean towards, I don't know if, who would trade with them, and I was going to lean towards no, they were going to pray until this contract ended, and then they were going to get somebody new. But I do want to give him, I did really like Jimmy G uh, when he was in New England. I really wanted yeah. the Browns to take him, but he refused to, get, like he as in Belichick refused to trade us Jimmy G. Uh, I was very bitter about that because I did want Jimmy G. Um, right. And then, and then we got Baker, and I didn't care at all about Jimmy G. Um, because as our listeners know, I am a huge Baker fan. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was very bitter about it, and so to see him not succeed, it made me, and especially with as bad of a year as Baker had, it made me feel better. Because yeah. had he had he just blown up all season and then, like, killed it in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, I would have been like, man, what could have been? Um, but I, I think, well, I mean, Freddie Kitchens would have ruined him anyway. It doesn't matter. But, <laughs> <That's the truth. laughs> but I, I do think because of that AL, ALC, ACL, um, I reserve the right to change my mind. But as of now, I think he can win one. Oh, man. That was a good conversation. That was. Um, do we? You want to talk about Andy Reid at all? His uh, his legacy. Um, do you think? Do you think that Andy Reid will? Go ahead. No, no, no. You take the question. You got it. You're you're, you're killing one do out. You, do you think that um, the Andy Reid will end his career as a let's what's I guess what's realistic a top ten NFL head coach? Or should we do a top fifteen NFL coach of all time? Ooh, top fifteen, I guess, would be more realistic. Yeah, we're gonna go top, top fifteen to top twenty. Top ten is pretty. Like, I think he is hands down one of the best in the league right now. But there's been a lot yeah. of great coaches. I don't, know, I don't know if he'll fall within ten, but I'll say fifteen. Um, okay. So we're talking about we'll, we'll make the Reed take short, but let's let's go and talk about him. So, yeah, I, in my opinion, I thought Reed was already a Hall of Famer. Um, I, I thought the only thing missing was a championship, but I thought he was already so great that he was going to get in because people would recognize how great he was. Um, I think this filled up his Hall of Fame spot. Mm-hmm. I do think this has him enter the conversation of top 15, maybe top 20 coach of all time. Um, to think of what he's done with all these different quarterbacks and all these different teams in Philadelphia and Kansas City, uh, he revived uh, a Kansas City team that I remember like Years ago, before we we got there, like Kansas City was a joke team, and then uh, Reed gets there, and they take in, you know, Alex Smith from his one great year with the Forty ers and they're winning double digit games, and then he trades off Alex Smith, and he or whatever they did with Alex Smith, and then they uh, they have Pat Mahomes who. You know, no one's really like. In my opinion, when they drafted him, I was stunned that he got drafted so high because I had I knew yeah. nothing. I knew nothing about Pat Mahomes, and I was like, "That's a bit of a stretch, don't you think?" And now look at him. Um, 
and, and to think of the work that Reed did with McNabb as well, uh, I think Reed is a phenomenal head coach, and I do think this championship has him in the conversation of top 15 to top 20. And I think, if, shoot, if they win back-to-back, I think he then solidifies it. And I didn't realize Andy Reid is only like 61 years old. He's yeah. still fairly young. So for him yeah. to be that young, to have this much success, and to have such a young quarterback in Pat Mahomes, like Reid could easily coach another eight years and come out with like three to four more Super Bowls. And then we can enter the conversation of top ten. Like, if, if he just starts blowing it up with Pat Mahomes, I think we can enter that conversation. But I, I definitely think he's a in the 15 to 20 realm now. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, unlike you, um, before the Super Bowl win, I didn't, I didn't have him watched in as a Hall of Fame um, head coach. But I think, obviously, with the Super Bowl win, um, that solidifies this Hall of Fame uh, candidacy um, whenever it's time. Um, yeah, and to your point, man, you know, Andy Reid, um, Andy Reid was, was, I, I mean, granted the Eagles didn't do as good as, as people thought they would, but Andy Reid was pretty successful with Michael Vick, um, after Michael Vick had been, you know, in prison for, for 18 months. Um, you know, Andy, Andy Reid, um, or did, I don't know if he coached Michael Vick. Maybe Chip Kelly was the only one to coach Michael Vick, but I feel like Andrew might have coached Michael Vick for a year. But anyways, um, you know, he was successful with McNabb and then obviously successful with, with Alex Smith and now successful with Patrick Mahomes too. So, um, you know, his his success with quarterback speaks for itself. But then um, I've realized, like, Andy Reid is one of the better um, offensive play callers maybe in the history of the NFL, but definitely in, in our time now. So, um, I think I think you're right. I agree with you. I think he he solidified himself as a top 15, top 20 um, head coach of all time. So, well, his ability yeah. to be able to adapt with the game, like he's right. not stuck on one type of offense, one type of system, but he has adapted his his offenses and play callings to whoever he has at quarterback and whatever new defenses and new offenses come around. Um, he stays on it. And I think because of that and because he is remaining relevant, like, I feel like it's harder to remain relevant as an offensive coach than it is as a defensive coach with how things are, are, um, there's all these different sad offenses that show up. And the fact that he can continue to adapt his, his play calls to the new types of athletes that are coming out, the new types of, 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 of ball players and, and still have that success, like he has way more double digit win seasons than he has anything else. Um, yeah. and I think because of all those things, uh, Andy Reid is definitely within that realm. Yeah, I agree. For sure. All right. So we've talked Super Bowl, Shanahan, Jimmy G, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, covered it all. Is there anything else, uh, we're missing out? Anything else you want to leave our, our listeners with? No, I think we hit on the big four um, topics for the Super Bowl. You know, we talked about uh, Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo and then the two head coaches, Shanahan and Reed. So um, I think that covers it all, man. Um, it, was a, it was a good Super Bowl, man. It, 
wasn't as high scoring as we thought it was going to be, but it was it was exciting and um you know it ended up being a really good one. So I agree. Kept me entertained the whole time. I was looking forward to it, though it wasn't a shootout. I thought it was an excellent uh, Super Bowl. Let us know. Uh, so as we as we close this out, remember uh, join our or follow our page on Facebook Once Upon East One Twelve. Um, share this with your friends. Let us know what you think. Feel free to comment in the Facebook page. You know, is Andy Reid a top tier coach? Can Jimmy G win a Super Bowl? Will Pat Mahomes win the rest of the Super Bowls as long as he's in the NFL? Whatever you think is going to happen. Feel free to interact with us on Facebook. We'd love to have the conversation, keep the conversation going. And as the season has wound down, anything that you would like to hear us begin to talk about, uh, let us know as, as football season's ending. We'll definitely start diving into some basketball and, and what we think moving forward. Um, and who knows? Maybe we'll enter the realm of curling. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> curling, the good old, the good old rock and, and ice sport. But other than that, (laughs) interact with us, let us know. We're going to close it out. Thank you for joining us, and we're out.